Hi, this is Becky. And Patricia. We are former college teammates and believe that life is a team sport. Our goal is to encourage and inspire strong women, families, and communities using lessons learned from sport. Welcome to the team room. Welcome back to Life is a Team Sport. I'm here with Becky and our guest, Sarah, today. We are continuing with our series, Once an Athlete, which I've loved, loved, loved the interviews that we have done so far. It's been eye-opening to see the things that people have learned as athletes that have helped them to become the leaders that they are today. And we hope that you can take some leadership tips away from this interview as well as the other ones. So welcome to the show. Uh, Becky, how are you doing today? Doing great. Doing great. Good, good. Well, like I said, my friend Sarah is here. Sarah and I have known each other for quite a few years now, and we work together in several different capacities. Sarah is my board chair for University of Maryland FCA and has served on the board for several years and is a huge help to me with FCA. Sarah and I are also co-chaplains for the Washington Spirit, which is an awesome opportunity to be able to serve the young women that play professional soccer in D.C. And then also Sarah is a physical therapist in her day job for the Department of Defense. So a very busy woman, a leader in many capacities. So looking forward to chatting with you today. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, ladies. Good to be here. So welcome. We have tried to do this interview for so long. (laughs) And you know what? It just, it didn't work out for so many different reasons before. And I think the reason is because we needed to have you in this series. Mm, That's good. So, you know, God's timing is always perfect. I think that is true with this as well. So I'm really looking forward to diving into our conversation with you about leadership and about the lessons you've learned from sport and how you got there. But before we get to that, We want to hear something from your highlight reel. Aha, my highlight reel. All right, so cool. Happy you told me about the highlight reel. Got excited when you're like, oh, hey, why don't you share that? I'm like, yeah, that is a highlight. So recently, um, my one of my sisters came out with a children's book. Woohoo! And it's called Magic Crown. And it's about really like uh, self-acceptance, kindness, um, and self-love. And um, it's a good twist to the book because you may think it's just about the superficial, but it's more than that. Uh, but anyway, it's, it came out on September 6th and it's available on Kindle for free. So check it out. Really excited for her. Um, book is called Magic Crown um, by Medina Ogunaike. So just look up Magic Crown on Amazon. So but shout out to her. I'm super excited. Proud of her. Uh, but that's an awesome highlight um, for us and the family. So really excited for her. I love it. And I will definitely link the uh, show notes with the way that you can go about getting that book. And then when you you do download it, I know we talked about this before, but I want to make sure we tell our listeners it's important that you leave a review, right? Awesome. Yes. Leave a review. Tell us why that's important. Yeah. So leaving a review, come to find out that helps you to get more visibility, right? So, you know, you leave a review awesome stuff. Wow. People like your book and it gives you more exposure to other platforms outside of Amazon stores and things like that. So leaving an authentic, uh, good five-star review, it's always helpful. Uh, (laughs) Love it. We understand that. We also ask people to leave us a review for the podcast and it helps us in the same way. The more people Mm -hmm. that subscribe, the more people that review it, the more people have access to it. Mm -hmm. 
Love awesome. it. Well, good. I'm excited to go and, and check that out. I think that's that's really awesome. Well, today we are talking about the lessons that you have learned from athletics that have mm. taught you things that you now use in leadership. So as we dive into that conversation, just tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Okay, great. So, well, um, for me, I'm first-generation Nigerian-American. Um, my parents came here from Nigeria like in the late 70s. So I uh, was raised in Jersey uh, and I'm the second of four. Um, but, you know, for me, uh, just growing up in Jersey uh, was great. Um, great childhood, great experience. But anyway, um, you know, that was a great time for me. But uh, hardworking parents, they instilled a lot of just hard work, diligence and service. Uh, so that was a big influence on me and my siblings. And uh, with that, Went to college, went to college, uh, pursued uh, physical therapy. Then I was like, oh, maybe I'll try med school. And I was like, hmm, you know what? That's much longer than physical therapy school. So I'm going to stick with physical therapy school. And, uh, you know, went the route of physical therapy. And that's been a great experience at a little bit of academia. Um, and, you know, now I'm, I'm, I'm in the PT field, uh, which has been a blessing um, to be a part, just to help people heal and get better um, physically, also emotionally, you know, it's a quite engaging field, but uh, very rewarding um, as well. So like Patricia said, I serve as a chaplain with her. Um, shout out to the Washington Spirit. Uh, and I also do chaplain work with the, uh, with the mystics. Uh, shout out to the mystics uh, in Washington, DC. So that's been awesome. And we do a little bit of life coaching too. Um, have a practice outside of uh, Washington, DC, right in Alexandria, Virginia. So um, you know, just grateful with just the opportunity to serve um, others um, and what, what we're doing, now, what I'm doing now. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's amazing. So tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about your sports background. What did you what did you play growing yeah. up? Because you're obviously working in the world of sports now, especially with soccer and basketball. Right. Did you play those two sports. Did you play something else? What did you? Yeah. Play? You know, I end up playing. Um, you know, with the sports, I think the first thing I was attracted to, cause I was a little tomboyish. So first thing I was attracted to was baseball it was interestingly enough. Uh, we didn't have a baseball team, but I tried out for the local team within the community. I was the only girl on there. Probably got in once hit a ground out. That was pretty exciting. Uh, they called me tiger on there. Um, but that was pretty cool. But then after that, the Olympics came on, I, I was got into track and field. I saw Flojo. Um, then I just really took the knack to basketball. Um, and basketball was one of the awesome sports that I just took an act to. I was like, wow, man, this this game is cool. It was fun. Um, hand-eye coordination. You know, I love how they dribble the ball. I remember growing up looking at Dawn Staley. I think she went to the University of Virginia. And, you know, I just took a knack to basketball. So I would play with my male cousins, you know, and, you know, we're just kind of hanging out. And, you know, from there, I just really, you know, fell in love with sports. So I played basketball in high school, softball, ran track, attempted volleyball. <laughs> Probably didn't b- bump and set the best, but, um, you know, I, and, I, and I did those activities. So that was uh, something that I just really enjoyed. And, you know, basketball was just really something that took to me um, when I was in high school. Yeah, no, it sounds like it. So what about basketball captured your imagination? Like what, what was it about that sport over the other ones? Yeah. You know, I think with that, it was just the ability that I saw that I got better and better uh, with playing the sport. That's one. Right. And it's, it's a, it's a team sport. It was an individual sport because you just have to hone in and really can in on your skills. 
any sport. Um, but I think just the ability to kind of, you know, like dribble the ball. Um, also, it brought an element of confidence. I don't know. You know, when you're good at something um, and you don't know you're good at something. But you're like, oh, this came a little bit natural to me. And I was like, wow. And it, it, it built an element of confidence in me that I didn't know I had. Um, so I think that was one thing. And, you know, when with basketball, you're like a different person. Well, I guess with any sport, depending on who you're talking to, like, you know, you probably you're probably um, Beyonce off the court and you're like a beast on the court. Like, you know, like you're like these two different people. Beyonce was probably a bad example. But, you know, it just kind of transformed my attitude into a different person. And the element of the team aspect. Uh, one thing I love is people. And it was just like a sisterhood, right? Um, it, it was a beauty in that, you know, going on away games, home games, and just being together uh, with other people. But just the team aspect of it, the individual aspect of it, and um, how did it made me feel? Like basketball made me feel good. Mm-hmm. Uh, playing the sport made me, it made me feel good. Um, you know, made me feel good. So, yeah. Yeah. So what aspect of basketball and maybe some of the other sports, do you think that you've learned some lessons from? I mean, I know you mentioned teamwork just now, but were there things that you feel like you learned that you've now taken into life? Yeah, um, I think for me, one of it is not being afraid to fail um, in that regard. So how to not win, right? Because sometimes you don't always win, but that element of perseverance I think that is one key thing and always wanted to get better. Um, so I think learning that and like, okay, you know what? I didn't do that well, or I lost this game. Okay. Next game, like let's bounce back. What's next was on the table. And I think in adult life, sometimes you may not always do things while at work. Right. Um, and you can't be afraid to fail and try it again. I think that's, you know, one, one key area that's really helped me. And also just knowing that, Whatever you have in your hand is enough. Um, I know sometimes, you know, you play on teams that may not be as exceptional, right? But you work with what you have. And based off of like what you have, you're like, hey, I can make that work. Like we can make this play work based off of your skill, your heart, your hustle and things like that. And I think in adult life, adulting, um, (laughs) you know, as you're working, you're like, hey, you know what? You may think that you don't have what you have, but what you have is enough. And you make that work to get results, right? Um, so I think those are some of the things um, that I took from just that translation of team sport and leading, right? Um, being able to lead others. I think it was quite important. I was a captain on the team. So all that kind of translated into, you know, when I worked initially as a coordinator in a clinic and I had to lead others, it, it just kind of came back to you, you know, kind of flow, you know, you have to lead people. Um, I don't think that characteristic ever leaves, you know, particularly if that's something that, you know, was part of you when you were growing up or, you know, playing a sport and things like that. So I think leadership helped as well. Yeah. Yeah. So did your coaches teach you that or was it kind of the school of hard knocks or was it a little bit of both as far as, I mean, as a teenager trying to be a leader, that can be a difficult task. Yeah. I think it was something that was a combination of both. I think I learned it from other people who are older than me and saw how they led. Um, you know, my coach will say, you know, you're the captain, so you can't do that. I'm like, oh, I can't. Act like them. Okay. <laughs> you know, so you kind of had to grow up quicker um, in that regard. And I think just seeing 
Okay. Maybe I was a freshman. So when you're a sophomore, you know, you're seeing like, oh, wow, this person looks up to me. So it gives you an element of accountability, even though you're at that young age, you know, you still are mindful of that a little bit, um, at least for me. So I think it was a combination of coach seeing other people who were ahead of me lead and how they led. Um, and also, I think it was something that was also a little bit innate. Like sometimes you don't discover things about yourself until you're placed in a position. And you're like, oh, I have that ability to do that. Um, and, you know, thankfully, you got good mentors and things like that. So, yeah. So I'll say it was a combination of team. I mean, coach, uh, looking at others um, and also just being placed to in a position to be stretched intentionally. Yeah. 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 Um, like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> so hmm. now as an adult. Yeah. What are some ways that you have used? I mean, you mentioned persistence. Yeah. And leadership. And, you know, like what are some ways that you've practically used those now? Yeah. I think with that, um, so, you know, just one of the ways that when I was working, even in, uh, just going back to academia, I was working with students. And one of the key things with that is encouragement. And I know when I was a uh, playing a sport and being a leader, encouraging one, others, but also yourself. So it was times where things were hard and tough. <laughs> and I think encouraging yourself helped me and also those who were around me. And that still helps me now too, right? So just being intentional about encouraging yourself. Um, regards to, to perseverance, I, I think when you're a, when you play a sport, there's an element of consistency that's required, right? You're doing this, you're being consistent, you're practicing to yield results. When you're working, um, there's an element of consistency that's required. You're giving quality care to any patient all the time, if you're tired or not, right? Um, you are you know, being a servant leader all the time if you're tired or not. You're compassionate all the time, if you, even if you're having a bad day. So an element of consistency and bringing your best every day um, is something that has pushed me. That's the element of perseverance because sometimes you're not feeling your best every day, but you have an individual in front of you who is seeking your care, your expertise, and your advice, and you want to bring it. And I think, you know, when you're an athlete, that's the same thing, right? Game time, let's go. You got a bat, you got to see in, in, in math class. You just found that out right before you got on the court. But like, it's time to play, right? You know, your mom said, you know, like, so you just have to be um, ready to serve and, and do what you have to do. So I think that element and that mindset, um, I want to say carried over. Yeah, that. no, that's yeah. really good. But you yeah. mentioned encouraging yourself. What are yeah. some ways that you do that? <laughs> you want to know that? Yeah, okay, we could get we can get into that. Well, I'm a big person. Honestly, I'm all about decrees and declarations and really speaking to yourself. So if you see me in my little private time, like, you know, sometimes I'm getting in front of the mirror and I say the things that God said that I am. Right. So I like to make, I speak to myself a lot. <laughs> I, you know, I put out words um, out there about myself that I may not be yet, but I know I will become it. So I'm a big person on what you say about yourself um, to conquer uh, the negative thoughts that may want to come up, right? So um, I love making um, declarations over my life and over myself. You know, I always say, I don't always say, I heard this somewhere, but they say that you're the first prophet over your life. So um, I like to speak life into myself. I, I encourage myself that way um, a whole lot. And that's really, really helped me along the way because there's certain things I'll... I remember saying and just speaking into my life maybe a couple of years ago, and I was like, 
you know, you hope you, you're, you're that, but then after a while, you're like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm becoming that. Like, I'm becoming those things um, that, was, that, was, that were said. Um, but yeah, I, I really like to make, uh, I like to really speak words of encouragement um, and also write like visions down um, and just, you know, resetting and just kind of seeing what was said and like, okay, this is where you're trying to go. This is what you want to do. Looking at that. And that that encourages you like you got that thought. I gave you this in your heart don't forget it so kind of making reference back to that and you know that encourages you I'm um, seeing what God has said um, to you and making that reference point back right sometimes you can get lost in the busyness of life um, but then you know you go back to the source and um, what was written down and that that, that that's definitely encouraging yeah um, as well yeah yeah no I love that are you a big journaler um I do. Yeah, I, I I can't say a big one, but I do journal. Okay. So um yeah, I, I I do journal. I I try to do it when I can. Um I probably could do it more, but if it's phone, I don't know if you call that is it does it have to be pen and paper? I don't think it does anymore. <laughs> you know, we live uh, in the digital world. Right, right. It's like what's pen and paper? Um, but no, but yeah, but pen and paper. Uh, but yeah, I, I do journal. I can say a lot, but I do. I do. I like to write down thoughts or you know, something that the Lord may be impressing on my heart or remind me of, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that gets jotted down at times. Sometimes not all the time, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I get that. There's something powerful about the written word though. Yes. I, I agree. I agree. I agree. That's helped me out a lot. You know, I'll have a phrase on my mirror, mm. um, that I get to look at every morning yeah. and, um, what do I have down there now? Um, I'm more than a conqueror and I just have that. Um, I, I have that on there. So when I get up in the morning, brushing my teeth, getting ready, boom, that's what I see. Um, and I remember one day this hit me strong because I what was I feeling down about something. I read that. I was like, okay, Lord, I see you. Like I needed that reminder, right? So yeah. That's really, really good. Yeah. I just, now, do you have a, go ahead. I just wanted to add one thing um, about you were speaking about words. Yes. I, I believe our words speak life. We speak life or we speak death. And I've been saying that for a long time. And I say it to my students. Um, I teach middle school and I yes. really believe when they say things that they're speaking over their life and good. I'm not good at that. I stink or I, that, or I, this, mm. I, I try to stop them and say, think about what you just said, because that's not true. Um, I had a student today say, Oh, I'm, I'm a troublemaker. I'm like, well, why, why do you, mm. a troublemaker? like, yeah. you know, you're giving yourself that. So Again, I'm I'm with you on that one, Sarah. I think our words are very powerful, and I protect myself a lot. Yeah, that's that's good, Becky, and I'm happy that you're doing that. They're they're blessed to have you. Um, but I can't say you know I was always like that, right? So I was sometimes self-critical of myself. Yeah. So I needed to I needed to make that turn to do that, and I saw the benefit of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that. It's like your self scripts, like what you yeah. say a lot that you. We don't always notice, we don't always say it out loud because I do talk to myself a lot too, but we don't always say it out loud, but I'm noticing some scripts that we need to flip to just mm. like, that's not okay. And that's, I'm not accepting that. And that's not true of me. And yes, or, you know, like things that we, we say to ourselves that we don't even realize. So, yes. Agree. That's you, good. Yeah. You spoke it because our words are very powerful. Yeah. And, um, we don't even notice it when we have people around us that, um, encourage us, like you were saying, it's good to have those people that can, we can rub off each other and speak truth. Yes. Yes. That's good. That's good, Becky. That's good. 
That's good. Good stuff. It's important to remember when we go into any situation that the way we talk to ourselves is really important. You know, I, mm. I had someone say one time, if someone else talked to you the way you talk to yourself, would you be friends with them? And oh, thought, wow. Cool. Yeah, that's really good. Wow. Yes, that is. <laughs> We're so mean to ourselves sometimes. And yeah, that's, that's, that's true. And you're like, okay, where is that coming from? But you know, you capture those, you know, you have to capture those thoughts. Right. Um, and just, but you got to replace it with some, right. You're like, Oh no, I'm not that, but what do you replace it with? Um, so, you know, you replace it with a positive thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's a study that shows if you repeat something, 17 times, if I'm not mistaken, you know, becomes your truth. Mm-hmm. Um, don't quote me on that, but you know, you replace your, your, yeah, uh, please don't quote me. Patricia, if you find the right study, you know, put that on there, but I think, you know, you got to replace it with something. So I've learned that over the years um, because I was self-critical of myself, not even knowing, right. You're like, you know, sometimes you don't even know until someone maybe say something, says something, or you may think something, about someone and you're like, okay, well, do I also, am I also that critical to myself? And you're like, mm, I am. Wow. Okay. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the first step in leadership is self-leadership. Yes. Agreed. So if we can't lead ourselves, we're not ready to lead anybody else. Agreed. 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 Exactly. So when we don't get up early and get our stuff together, the day sometimes gets a little away from us. Yeah. And I don't think leadership is optimized. Right. Because you have people in leadership positions who may be lacking in certain areas, you know, as it pertains to self-love. But when you start to love yourself and you believe who God says that you are um, for those who are in faith, um, you start to lead differently. Like leadership, I believe, is optimized um, that you're able to be a servant leader. Like, you know, it's just certain you can unfold that in so many different ways. But, um, yeah, that's good. Yeah. He dog. <laughs> okay, so unpack that just really quick though, because I want to chase that rabbit for a second. What do you mean when you say servant leader? And why is that a benefit? Mm. Like why is that a good thing? Yeah, you know, um I believe serving others was interesting. I think people a lot of people have that innate ability to do that. Like America is about volunteerism. Like, you know, we're helping out and and things like that, but you know, when, when you're a servant leader, it really shows just that you're putting yourself to the side, right? Mm-hmm. You're doing things when no one is looking. Um, you know, you're, you're just um, stepping out of yourself and the title. And I can't really say the title. Let me not say that. Um, but you're, you're just, you're doing things that society may not really see as I'm the leader, um, but you're taking a position of humility, I believe, right? Um, it's an element of serving, you know, that's that's who Christ was, right? You know, he was a servant leader and that's sacrificial. I think as a leader, you know, is a book called Leaders Eat Last. Um, and it's a- yeah. Simon it's Sinek. A, say it again? Simon Sinek. That's who- Yeah, there we go. Go ahead, Pete. There we go. Um, good job, sis. I didn't remember the author. But- um, <laughs> But um, it, when I, you know, that's real, right? You know, and that 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 shows to do that requires humility, knowing who you are, right? Like doing something that someone that you are leading is doing doesn't um, change who you are or take away from your quote unquote title. 
and things like that, but you're able to do it with love and joy and, and excitement, but it does something in you. And I believe for you, uh, when, when you become a servant leader, and it's not automatic for everyone. And I can't say it was always automatic for me, but when you're intentional about it, it does something on the inside of you um, as well. And I believe it helps you to lead better and also to lead yourself better too. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's really true. And I think true humility comes from understanding that the title, the role, the position doesn't belong to you, right? You fill it for a certain amount of time and for a reason. So there's a story in that book that you were just talking about um, called the Styrofoam Cup. And hmm. Simon Sinek actually has a YouTube video where he tells the story. Um, essentially, this guy was a very important person and came to speak at a conference. And he talks about how he was flown there first class, you know, mm. ushered through the door and given the valet. Yeah. And he got to the conference. He was, you know, ushered into the green room and given this beautiful mug that he drank coffee from and went up to speak. And he said the next year, this guy, same guy, got invited to speak again. But this time he no longer held the same position. And he's like, mm. I flew their coach. I got myself to the airport or to the hotel. I checked myself in. I took an Uber to the place where I was speaking and I hmm. found my way into the back room and asked for coffee. And the guy pointed to the coffee maker where I poured myself a cup of coffee and put it <laughs> in this styrofoam cup. And he like yes. held it up for the audience. And he Love was it. like, the point is the mug was not really for me. I deserve mm. a styrofoam cup mm. it was because of the position that I held that I was given all of those things and afforded all of those opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. But when you have that perspective, you're, I think yeah. you're able to lead better because you don't make it about yourself. Mm, that's really good. That's really good. I I'm in a hundred percent agreement with that. And I think that takes growth mm -hmm. being a servant leader. I think the servant lead on so many different levels. Right. Um, but that's, that's the growing process um, to do that. You can always grow more in servant leadership. You know, um, there's always levels to that, <laughs> you know, um, but that's, that's really good. That's yeah. really good, Patricia. That's really good. Yeah. So do you lead uh, people now on your team um, at work? I mean, I know you do as far as, you know, the chaplaincy roles that you have and, and at work, but um, in your physical therapy, do you have a, a team that reports to you or do you work on a team? Kind of how does that how does that work in your life? Yeah. So, you know, I've worked with a team of other clinicians and other providers, and we also have assistants that work underneath us. Okay. Um, and, you know, with that, you know, um, with the providers that we, you know, I work alongside, I think it's about three or four of us is a tight knit group. And we have a couple of others that, um, that work underneath us that, you know, that we give direction, guidance, um, to how we want things to be executed as it pertains to the patient treatment plan and, and, and things of that nature. Uh, we also, you know, work alongside one of our wellness arms um, there in the clinic um, as well. So, you know, with that, um, the leadership there, you know, is, is with that team of people, you know, that work um, to execute what we give as directives um, for patient care. Okay. Um, yeah, for patient care. Um, prior to that, you know, well, a couple of years ago when I was overseeing a, um, a clinic uh, in uh, Maryland, um, you know, I had a couple of people under me where, you know, just running the clinic, treating and things like that. So 
Um, so yeah, so it's, it's a little different in, in this environment because I'm not the chief supervisor, which was interesting. That was a humbling moment. That's another topic, right? So, you know, when you're used to leading and all of a sudden they put you here, you're like, you know, you're used to talking first or, or used to, you know, just kind of directing and things like that. And I was just put in another position that <laughs> that wasn't, that didn't have to be me. So that, that was another story. So that was the humbling. Cup wasn't um, for you. Huh? The cup wasn't for you. The cup was not for me and I received it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, yep. So that's, yeah. that's what I'm doing now. Yeah. So you mentioned <laughs> teamwork a while yeah. back when you were talking about your basketball team. So what are some of the keys to good, positive teamwork now? Because I think all of our listeners are on a team somehow, either a family unit, a team yeah. at work, right? And so all of us need those teamwork kind of skills. And so what are yeah. some of the things you bring to the table now for teamwork? Yeah, I think, you know, now for teamwork is really listening, regardless if you're the 15th person on a bench. Um, every person has something to offer. And, you know, even when it pertains to, you know, patient care, sometimes I'll ask my staff who, you know, you execute the care and they may see something that I didn't see. And I say, tell me more. Like, I want to hear what you have to say. And I think once, one, once or twice, it surprised one of them. Like, oh, you want to hear what I have to say, you know, type of thing. Like, you know, you're the provider. Like, no, you, you see something there. Like, I want to hear from you. And I think being part of the team is just um, ensuring that, hey, everyone has a seat at the table, right? You know, like everyone has something to offer for us to do this job and to do it well. Um, and I think, again, you know, if it's the person that's on the bench and they're the 15th person to get off the bench, right? They see something on the court that I don't see while I'm on it. So they hold value. So one of the things, you know, with that and just working with the team is that knowing that everyone holds value um, that I work with and taking insight from them and allowing that to assist with executing whatever plan that I need to do, you know, for the patient. Mm -hmm. No, that's really good. And I think it's really powerful and it's so easy to say, and yeah. you say that, you know, God gave us two ears and one mouth, so we should listen. But so many yeah. times we want to say what's in our head instead of, mm. instead of listening. And I think that is, that's a really key. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, you learned that over the years because it wasn't always like that, but not intentionally. Right. But, you know, when you're like, Hey, you know what? I value what you have to say that that holds a lot of weight um, to your other team members when, you, when it's, when it's really intentional and you don't, push people to the side, regardless of status or what position they hold, you know? So, yeah. I love that. Yeah. What does it mean to you now to be a leader? Um, Because I think, you know, representation matters, right? So we've talked to all of our guests about, you know, being a female leader in your field. And so, you know, for you, what does that mean to be uh, a woman in your field? Was it mean to be a woman of color in your field? Yeah. What does it mean to be a leader for you? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, you know, for me to be a leader in my field, it's quite humbling. I just really want to say that, you know, my field of physical therapy, I think is less than 8% of African-Americans. That's one. And to have the opportunity to work where I'm working, I'm sure it's even smaller. Um, in my field. So uh, one, it's it's very humbling. And the people that I get to treat because they're leaders, okay? Um, it's uh, something that 
allows me to change my form of leadership in a way to respect them as leaders, uh, but at the same time, hold a position of um, being balanced of holding a position of respecting them, but at the same time, leading them, if that makes sense, right? So, you know, you're treating people that lead, um, that could be interesting, right? It could be maybe some resistance. Hey, you know what you're gonna, you know, doing here. But um, I think for me, knowing that, wow, I hold value. I think as a leader, you, it's very important that I needed to realize that I hold value. Um, and what I'm sharing with you uh, will take you to where you need to be. So me leading right now in my position is knowing that I hold value and in that sharing what I need to share with humility, with compassion, with truth, and with consistency. So again, it's really being in this environment where I work at, it's just really stretched me and my consistency of how to lead myself for the people that I need to lead and treat and and things like that. Just with consistency, being compassionate, integrity, all that stuff, right? And just doing it on a daily basis because they bring it all the time and what they do in the in the military. So, you know, you, you, you start to mimic that, right? You know, their heart knows all the time, right? Um, but uh, you start to mimic that in, in your leadership, at least for me, you know, since I've been, since I've been um, working, working there. Wow. Yeah. No, I love yeah. that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This has been so good. Um, I'm going to put lots of great show notes um, for our listeners, but awesome. I really love what you said about consistency and yeah. um, also about positive self-talk. Yes. You know, yes. being able to lead yourself well is how you get to the point where you can lead others. And I think that's yes. a really great lesson for us to remember. Yes. Awesome. I, and I like the notes on your mirror. I might start doing that. That's a good idea. Oh, go for it, girl. You could change it every week. I usually have it up there for at least I've had it up there for the last couple months. But yeah, it's, it's it helps, particularly on those days. Like, you know, you see it, but that then that day hits, you're like, wow, I, I needed to read that. Like I need I needed that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I needed that. That's good. Yeah. Well, before we let you go, we would love to hear a story from your blooper reel. <laughs> <laughs> the bloop the bloop yeah the bloop um so yeah i guess maybe i'm still traumatized by this but um what was i in fourth grade so we wore uniforms and this was actually a public school so we wore uniforms and um we wore uniforms went to the girls bathroom right washing your hands got my little skirt ready and I was so excited because it was time to run outside and go to the playground. So I'm running in the hallway and things like that. And you know, I start to see people laugh. I'm like, okay, it was so funny. So, you know, I'm still running in the hallway. Then I look behind me and I see that my skirt was tucked into my pantyhose. And it just, just showed my little bum bum there. And I was just like, oh my God. Like I was, I wanted to run underneath the teacher, the school, a big rock, and just explode. So that was, I, I guess, is a blooper, quite an embarrassing moment for me that I could still remember in my late 30s. Yeah. And I was like nine. Right. Well, I mean, if you'd been in kindergarten, it might not have been as traumatizing because, you know, like little kids have trouble tucking everything in. But by yeah. the time you get to fourth grade, yeah, I can. Yeah. See. So I'm like, woo, yeah. Like, Oh crap. That's good. Oh, 
murder in the pantyhose. Oh man, yeah, that is a good one. It's a, I think it's okay to let this that go at this point. Okay, it's okay. Yeah, it's good. Don't right. let that define you. <laughs> <It's not funny. laughs> Don't let that define you. You're so funny. <laughs> Got it. We'll not. Oh. So. Well. Thank you again. We loved having you on as a guest and all of your advice for uh, ways to be better leaders and better teammates, whether that be within our family or on teams at work or at church or wherever you're on a team. Um, I think that there's definitely a lot to take away from this. And the last thing we do on the show is to pass the ball to a woman Mm. in life who has inspired you. So do you have a woman that you would like to pass the ball to? I do have plenty of women, but I'll, I'll pick one to two, but I okay. do. Um, I do have a woman in my life who really, really inspired me so many. Uh, but before I do that, I just want to thank you guys for having me. I think this is an awesome podcast. Um, very well needed, mm-hmm. uh, but um, good stuff. But um, one of the, you know, one or two of the people I have to bring up is one of my older sister. She's been phenomenal. Um, just passing a ball to her. She was the one who spoke life into me and spoke life into me in a way that I didn't see things about myself. And the second person I want to pass the ball to is my best friend, Brooke Shea Laurent. Um, and I met her in high school and she was a great leader. Not only that, she was a believer. And um, I wasn't in high school, but I saw something in her that I didn't know what it was. And she influenced, she's influenced me so much, um, not only in sport, but in life. So I want to, if I could pass two balls, Absolutely. I'll pass one to her, Brooke Chilleron and my sister, Dr. K. Um, and just Aww. with what they uh, poured into me and how awesome they, they were um, yeah. in my wow. life. I yeah. love that. That's, that's really great. And yeah. I mean, that's, that's partly why we're doing this. Because we want to be able to inspire other women to lead better and to be able to lead themselves to grow as women, right? To to have more confidence in themselves, to have self-talk, right? To grow in their faith, all all of it, right? Yes, yes, that's that's good. That's good. And just know out there, it's okay to fail, right? So failing does not define you. I call it feedback. Right. And, you know, you bounce back up. And I heard that. I said, yes, failure is not failing, but it's it's feedback. Hey, that's it. Get back up again and let's make it work. So, yeah, failure it's is not that. defining. Right. It's feedback. Yes. Yeah. That too. I'm right. Yeah. That. It was. Yeah. Thomas Edison. He said, no, he, he didn't call that's his 10,000 attempts failures. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so that might be yeah. the first thing that's going on in the mirror. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Make it pretty pink with some black script. That's what mine says. Oh, I got it. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Still got more. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah. Well, you have been listening to Life is a Team Sport. We are here with Sarah Adewunmi, and it has been a wonderful conversation with her. We hope you've enjoyed it. And we hope that you have taken some things away from it that you can use that are practical for you in your life. If you want to check out more content, you can find us on Instagram at life is a team sport. There's an underscore underneath between all of the words. Um, You can just Google or you can just search it and you'll find it. Um, We've got more great content on there as well as some video clips from today's interview, as well as some of our other interviews. 
And as well, we have a website, lifeisateamsporteveryday.com. And like we said before, we'd love for you to review and leave us a comment in Apple Podcasts. That would help us a lot. And also subscribe and follow us if you listen on Spotify or somewhere else. And as always, life is a team sport and you are never alone. Love that.